Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, Fightful.com, Extreme Rules post-show podcast. It is June 4th. If you guys missed it, check out our post-UFC 212 show. We have a new undisputed featherweight champion in the UFC, a damn good show. Vitor Belfort, Claudia Gadelia, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, Max Holloway, Jose Aldo. Lots of good stuff on that program. Myself and Showdown Joe broke it down for you. And, of course, Steve Muehlhausen had a lot of post-fight news as well on our Twitter over at the site. Check it out. Enjoy it. Lots of fun to be had there, of course. Myself and Showdown Joe bring you the Holy Smokes MMA podcast every Tuesday afternoon. But right now I'm being joined by Alex Palowski, associate editor of Fightful.com. He joins me Monday nights after Raw. Alex, what is up? Uh, my parents are in town, uh, and that's that's cool. I haven't seen them for a while. They're coming to uh, spend time with their grandbaby, and that's cool. But I spent most of tonight explaining wrestling to my father. Have they signed with the <laughs> Titus brand? <laughs> they should. Um, I'm going to press them in that direction. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's always good explaining the uh, ins and outs of the storytelling professional wrestling to a complete novice 68-year-old man. I am also joined by Anna Bauer. You can check out her most recent episode of Most Ridiculous, which dropped this afternoon. I thought it was the best episode she's ever done, personally. Uh, over at Fightful.com, it's on the nice little sidebar there. She is also an award-winning actress, which I don't know if we can take credit for. Uh, I think sure. we can. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yes. Thanks, thanks completely to Fightful.com. She is an award-winning actress. She is also on the SmackDown post-show every Tuesday. Anna. Hello. How extreme was this evening? Um, I feel like, aside from the final match, I feel like the most extreme thing about it was the bending of logic. It was extremely average, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. Extremely average, in my opinion. Well, uh, guys... Definitely go over to Fightful.com, register from time to time. I'll have members-only podcasts. Sometimes uh, myself or Alex, maybe us together, will do 
Fightful Books It. I have one up there now. Also, uh, our forums, I love that you all are using those a lot more. I'm going to try to get some show threads going uh, during Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, UFC shows, stuff like that. And, of course, join in our live discussion and all of our news, photos, videos, interviews, podcasts over at Fightful.com. Leave us a thumbs up on the YouTube video if you all are watching there and subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Let people know about the show. It really helps us, and we would really appreciate it as always. Oh, the show. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't hate it. By the time the main event rolled around, I was like, damn, it's time for the main event already. It went by fairly quickly for me, but we'll jump right into the kickoff show. And my first line of notes were, holy shit, Nia Jax is so generic and bad and hokey and cliche. Everything that she said on her pre-show panel thing, I was just, I was thinking, man, I've heard this a million times. Then she buried the kendo stick, Alex. The the weapon in which they have been building up as being so painful for weeks. They mm-hmm. She was like, I don't care if I get hit with that little kendo stick. Right. Your thoughts on, on Nia Jax? Uh, the opposite of you. Um, I like her t- talking this way. Uh, a lot better than her scripted promos. She seemed at least natural and ready to, you know, I loved her deciding to attack Sam Roberts on everything that he says, because I don't like that guy. Uh, but um, yeah, no, the, the thing about the brain, the kendo stick. Yeah, that probably was a bad idea. However, I think it would hurt her less than it would hurt Bailey or Alexa. So the, she's not lying about it. Um, I, I, I would like to see her in a match where that's the stipulation and see what she, she does with it. But Anna, did anything else stand out to you on this pre-show before Kalisto and Apollo Crews? Um, well, just on the Nia Jax thing, I, her Valley Girl voice always kind of got to me in, like it just doesn't suit the, her presentation. And I think it can work still if she actually carves out a specific character to herself she still hasn't figured it out. And it's really, really frustrating to watch because how long has she been on the main roster now? And I really wish that they make them take acting classes or continue some kind of training when they're on the main roster for the ones who need it or the ones who want it because they can only benefit from it. Um, aside from that, Atunga made some call about Miz getting where he was because of his wife. I, I found that very um, interesting. <laughs> That's about it, really. I like Charlie Caruso. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say that that she was really the standout on this pre-show for me. She gets better every week, and she she had a couple of slip ups maybe a few weeks ago, but she bounced back and she's done really really well. Also, the Hardy Boys are orange. They are yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. They're the Simpson Boys now. Uh, Otunga and Sam Roberts were not fun to listen to on this show. I can't. Im- I can't imagine how bad this commentary is going to be if they replace. Booker T with Otunga because as Jimmy Van has pointed out weekly on the list and your boy, we do a breakdown of how many stupid ass nicknames are used regularly. Booker T doesn't do that shit. No. He's like, nah, I'm good. I think I'm all set on the nicknames. And you know, David Otunga is just foaming at the mouth. He's ready for it. He's like, I've got to memorize boss. I'm ready. Put me in coach. 
Well, you oh, know, man. he just came from a set and he's a trained actor, so this is right up his mm-hmm. alley. Damn. Yeah. Kalisto versus Apollo Crews. I enjoyed the hell out of this match outside of maybe one little thing at the end. I, I thought that that came together a little clunky. I love Titus as a manager. I love Apollo as his protege. I love Kalisto being inserted, giving him something to do. Also, it's not like he's just fodder here. He's winning matches, occasionally at least. It's This is the right kind of 50-50 booking, in my opinion, because Kalisto otherwise would be doing absolutely nothing. Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil would probably be losing, and it's helped advance their characters. I will not pretend to know the, the, the name of the awesome move Kalisto did, where he jumped from the inside of the ring to the second rope outside of the ring, then did the the Molly go round basically is what what he did uh, from Molly Holly's old repertoire that was incredible maybe a few too many uh, false finishes but they all made sense this was really good outside of I, I don't buy Apollo Cruz being like I already did the flippy thing what else do I do <laughs> but uh, the ending was kind of cutesy and predictable but got a good reaction. Kalisto pulled it off really well. I could watch these guys. I, I was glad they got some time. I could watch these guys keep going, Alex. Yeah, this is one of those things where they didn't announce the kickoff show match to like five hours before the match. Uh, so, um, you know, better late than never. Um, I, I I didn't think there was going to be much. I thought it was going to be like one of those old uh, Sunday night heat pre-pay-per-view matches where it was like, hey, these two guys aren't doing anything. We found them hanging out and catering. Go out and uh, have a match. Um, but these guys, to their credit, I mean, I, I would be hard-pressed to think of um, matches that these guys have had better than this in WWE. Each guy. I mean, somebody was like, Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio had some great matches. Like, you're remembering different matches than I am. Um and Apollo Crews had one pretty great match with uh, AJ Styles on SmackDown, but it's AJ Styles. He could do that with a you know broom, a proverbial broom. Um, these guys were great tonight. Uh, Kalisto busted out a pizza DDT. He stole it from El Dragon Azteca Jr. on Lucha Underground, and it was excellent. This whole thing was great. Both guys looked made to look like a million bucks. The match was fantastic. And then the ending served the storyline way more than the actual match. Um, so I'm fine with that. Uh, let's see where this goes from here. But I, I, I do love Titus O'Neil as LeVar Ball. I, I love that character for him. It really works. And, um, and hell, you know, it's, it's getting Apollo Crews something to do. And Kalisto, who by all rights should be doing this kind of stuff in the Cruiserweight division, at least he's out there making a name for himself, you know, turning in a great performance on, on a kickoff show like this. It I if I were to say best match I would for Kalisto I'd probably say the the triple threat ladder match at TLC a couple years ago yeah. that one was really good uh, yeah I saw the person that commented you about Del Rio I can't really remember any matches that he had that were with each other that were better than this either way Anna it seems like these two their their styles mesh pretty well and that's something that both have kind of lacked they haven't really necessarily found a guy on the roster thus far who have, have matched this well. I mean, it, it made for uh, some pretty nice magic. Yeah, I mean, these guys together, they bring out the best of each other in-ring and with the promos and just everything gels really well. Titus is so damn cool. He's, 
yelling in um, Callisto's face, you should have stayed in the house. <laughs> okay, cool, tight pants, whatever. Um, Callisto is incredible and I kind of forget that. Most of the time I forget that until I see something like this where he pulls out all the stops and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that won the Sammy from doing the Selena Del Sol off the top of the ladder. I really wish they had more of a spot for him. I mean, it's logical. Go to 205. They could do so much with him. He could do so much for them. Don't know why it's not happening, but I'm really glad that these two had this spot together. And it was this match was better than some of the stuff on the main show. So. I'll, I'll touch on the Kalisto 205 thing when we get to the Cruiserweight title match. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that why not? Why not? Intercontinental Championship match. If Ambrose gets DQ'd, he loses the title. The Miz defeated Dean Ambrose for the title. Dean Ambrose did a new move. He did a fly or a back elbow. He hit a new move. Uh, this match heats up, and these two guys know each other real well. I didn't like their kickouts are, are often get lazy. Sometimes I don't like that where you see a guy intentionally like roll off the other one. There was a spot with the turnbuckle padding where Miz rips it off. I like that. But this ref, like I put my match ratings on, uh, on my podcast notes every morning after these shows. And it probably took a full point off the ref being such a, such a moron at the end of this match. He threw out Maurice after Maurice (laughs) hit the Miz to get him DQ'd. But then, you know, he he went into straight foolishness. To me, the highlight of this match was the Miz jumping 90 feet into the air to knee Dean Ambrose in the face. He may have the best vertical. I, I, I might put him up against Apollo Crews in a vertical leap com- contest because that was very impressive. Skull-crushing finale, Miz wins. Anna, I know you were very passionate about this match on the Twitters at Anna Bowert. Yeah. Tell us how you feel. They kept putting over at the start of the match and on the pre-show, Dean Ambrose is outlandish, he's crazy, but he's a smart guy. This kind of proved the opposite. He was the first person to pick up a chair, even though his stipulation was, if you do anything illegal, you lose the championship. Why would you even, like, and it was on his mind the rest of the match, obviously, with the overacting that he was doing. Made him look like a doofus. Yeah, he looks like an idiot. And John Cohn looked like an idiot by the end, which I hate because he's one of my favorites. He's a ref and he's one of my favorites. And well with him arguing with Ambrose, like he was in control, he knew what he was doing. But even before that, just the psychology of this match, um, they had a moment where Ambrose was in the corner and took three drop kicks by Miz and then an arm to the throat and still didn't move. And Ambrose tweaks his left knee and then uses his left leg to then try and kick Miz. And then there's a point where they're just both hanging out in the corner while they're trying to do the turnbuckle thing. It was just, it was just stupid. And it was kind of relying on the audience to be stupid enough to not notice this stuff. And maybe, you know, it's my job now to acknowledge this stuff. So it probably did pass a lot of people and that's, you know, not being stupid at all. It's just an awareness thing. But for people who watched this a lot, it was kind of insulting. It was just, and for that to be like, how many matches have these two had together? And then this, hopefully, I mean, it's probably not the final. But really, come on. 
the if, if they that. if they close some of the the holes in logic and just we're like you know what we we want to go out of our way to not insult the intelligence of fans that would go a long way that would make some oh. things that are average really good and it would make some things that are bad maybe average yep alex how'd you feel about this match i thought about i thought the in-ring stuff outside of ambrose looking like a dumbass and the referee also looking like a dumbass was pretty solid, but I want to get your thoughts. Um, yeah, fine. The in-ring, in-ring stuff was okay. Uh, um, but the thing is, is even if the in-ring stuff was like a 9 out of 10, which it wasn't, it still would have been overshadowed by the ridiculous gaps in logic and make people look stupid. However, I do have a theory as to why John Cone was so out of it. In I know match. why. I know why. He AJ Styles. Out, no, well, he he fell out of the ring when <sighs> when Braun Strowman hit Big Show and the ring exploded. I think he's got he might have a concussion syndrome still going on. Well, and he might AJ not, not know where he is. Madden Finals. AJ That's threatened true. him. He, yeah. he didn't have his wits about him. Anna, have you seen the Madden Finals? I don't want to spoil it. For no, anybody. I haven't had time yet. No. Well, then yet. you got to watch it because that's your subject for next week. Uh, yeah, okay. That that it's is your full be, yeah. content for next week. Uh-huh. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, Alex, let me ask you. You've watched them, correct? Yeah. Had this been on Xbox, would Dean Ambrose have won? Oh. Uh, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I know um, one thing. Had this been on Xbox, AJ Styles would have won. Right, exactly. You know, he's he's an Xboxer, went not a PS4, yeah. Um, they, the, they went 20 minutes. They had carry... No, I didn't. Shush. Uh, you're the worst. That's fine. Um, listen, all, all, all of Seth Rollins' tweets spoiled the ending. So if you follow Seth Rollins on Twitter, he's kind of merciless about the whole thing. Uh, anyway. Um, Why'd you say merciless? Now you just gave it away. I did. Well, no, the whole, it's, it's uh, sorry. Uh, s- spoiler alert. <laughs> let's just um, get back to the topic let's get back to the thing um i i did appreciate that um miz did win without you know having ambrose get dq'd that he won yeah. skull crushing finale as opposed to you know uh that's fine uh i'm assuming ambrose gets his contractual rematch uh miz finds a way to win that and then we move on and miz can do something else uh, and Dean can do something else, and they can get away from yeah. each other for at least eight months. Yes, please. Yeah. Backstage, Bailey has a pretty good promo that doesn't have anything to do with her growing up a fan or about her not belonging. It was decent. The Drifter also performs. <laughs> Alex, I, I swear it's going to sarcastically get over. Oh, yeah. Oh, by 1,000%. Yes. He can cut yeah. promos on his opponent by... Right. Basically, by just drifting on them. Right. And everyone's going to be holding up their phones and back and forth like their lighters mm-hmm. and everything. It's He's he's going to get over with this accidentally, and then they're going to bury him because he wasn't a heel enough for them because everyone ironically liked him. Um, I did think it was it was funny. He just had the performance and not like a squash match after that. Like, just, just him coming out. They're really – I mean – this is one of those things of, of, of a guy who's he's already surpassed everything he did in NXT, and he yeah. was there for years. Like this is a this is a gimmick that works on the main roster that did not work in full sale, um, and good for him. 
you know? Um, I, I do think it was kind of funny that, like, um, uh, Bailey, you, the promo you mentioned, was like, um, so we're going to shoehorn Wonder Woman in because that's a big thing right now. And it's like, I went and saw Wonder Woman. And I was inspired yeah, I didn't like to be that. inspiring. I was like, okay, you, you kidding? You, you, there's other things you can do with that. Um, but she could have like she could have like worn something that was Wonder Woman esque, like with like gold tape instead of black tape to like the gold bracelets. Something to like. And it's a know, hot shit, man. They had to get it in. They did. They had to. I had completely forgotten about that. That may change my opinion on the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Because then I heard him mention it later on the show. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Anna, do you have any idea who Adam Jones is? Should I? No, probably not, especially if you're from Australia. He's a Major League Baseball player, and he was at ringside dressed as Virgil with a few guys dressed is as – Is that who that was? Yeah. Dressed... He's staring down the camera like oh, – okay, well, sure. Oh, yeah. He played the Virgil role far better than Virgil ever did. <laughs> And and I got to say, Virgil was actually pretty damn good at that. Yeah. But uh, he was there with a the fake uh, Ted DiBiase, IRS, and Jimmy Hart. Still, as a Bengals fan, I got to say, Adam Pac-Man Jones is the all-time GOAT Adam Jones in pro wrestling history. Former TNA tag team champion. Eat your heart out, Adam Jones. Adam Virgil Jones. I, oh, I got to check Virgil's Twitter. Yeah. I got to check that. Up next, we had Rich Swan and Natasha Banks against Alicia Fox and Noam Dar. A great ovation for Rich Swan once he was announced from Baltimore. Yeah. Because Anna, the crowd goes, ah, who gives a shit? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I always What'd forget that they are the faces in this whole combination. Um. Look, they're just, and even the commentary team had to put over the evil tag team of Fox and Dar. Like, yeah, thanks, Michael Cole. It's, yeah, it, it was. I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the build of this, as I mentioned in this week's most ridiculous, trying to actually pinpoint exactly how this whole Fox Dar thing happened. Uh, which the commentary team had a had a good attempt at trying to figure out during this match and didn't really get anywhere. Um, there are like little things in this that Fox and Dar did, like hugging each other um, at the ringside, and then Alicia's just trying to like vaguely kick the air if, in case Sasha Banks is nearby. Um, yeah, it is what it is, really. The wrong team won, but it is what it is. I have also enjoyed their work leading up to each uh, leading up to this. I've liked Alicia Fox being on TV more. Has the best tilt a world backbreaker in the biz. I don't know what the hell facilitates it. Like how, how hers is so much better than everybody's, but it is. There was a really cool spot where Sasha hit the the tope double knees to Noam Dar. Kalisto and Rich Swan both tonight hit really good spinning wheel kicks, which will be that that shit will be cut as soon as Alistair Black makes the main roster because you ain't touching that. Yep. Uh, when you all see my match rating for this tomorrow, don't let that fool you. This was an enjoyable match. It was just really, really short. Rich Swan gets the Phoenix Splash for the win. Alex, we've talked about this before. It's kind of cool to see the women used to get the rub for the Cruiserweight division. Yeah. No, this was a main roster match. You could tell because the ropes weren't purple. It was the women's, <laughs> it was the women's match, not the Cruiserweight's match. 
Um, that to me, that did they switched into purple later. No, mm-hmm. yeah, purple. It was purple for Neville and Aries. So this was this was the women's match. It was not the cruiserweights. They were just there along for the ride, uh, which was interesting. Uh, I liked that a lot. Um, I loved Alicia Fox and Noam Dara hugging when they wanted to make a tag. <laughs> that that made me giggle. Like, that was so cute. I loved it. And I immediately said, I want these guys to win. I want them to win tonight, and I want them to win everything. And then they lost tonight. Um, uh, <laughs> the the whole Sasha and Rich Swan are, like, teammates because, I mean, are they teammates because they're both black? Like, I mean, like, it's just one of those things, like, they never explained why they like each other or they're both married. Like, it's weird. Like, it's. They I, dance well. And they dress the same, and they have uh, really yeah. neat hair. Sure, they have they have things in common. Absolutely, that's fine. And maybe it's just me reading too much into it. But I always want like tag teams that form out of nowhere to be like, "Hey, this is the reason why we're friends now." And they they never do that. Um, it, it is odd that the whole Rich Swan kind of inserted himself into the Noam Dar Alicia Fox gag when Cedric mm-hmm. Alexander went out with an injury. And Cedric's back now and hasn't made mention of them because he's over it and beyond it. But Rich Swan's not. Hey, he's you like, know what? You, you know what? Dirty, and I'm I, gonna get you back. Like, if I were Cedric, I'd be over that too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would. I, I would that, say I'm gonna chill over here in my 205 Live corner. Maybe hang out on main event for a little <laughs> while. I don't want anything to do with Noam Dar. But the fact that Rich Swan will not let it go when he wasn't involved in it at all just speaks a little to me. Like, yeah, okay. But uh, again, the match itself was enjoyable. But like you said, it was pretty short. Not as short as the next match, though. Yeah, uh, this was, as I tweeted, ungood. Kendo stick on a pole match, Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss defeated Bailey in about five minutes. There was a cool like pole cam up there. That, that was kind of neat. Bailey got a mixed reaction. Alexa Bliss got cheered big time. Bailey gets the cane and it drops. Bliss steals it, beats her up, DDT pin. Like I first off, a lot of the rule sets on this show were not explained very well. Like I had people asking me all day, is the other person allowed to use the cane? Hell, I don't know. It's supposed to be the first person that grabs it. Otherwise, I'm just waiting and I got a steel chair ready to use it. Like, do you get DQ'd if you use a steel chair? Do you get DQ'd if you use something else? They did say, I think it was Bliss in one of her promos said that whoever gets the kendo stick first and then the other person would use it illegally. But there was no mention as to what the consequence was for that. Obviously, none. Uh, obviously, no. you win the title. That's what happens. Yeah. Anything to add, Anna? It was just really damn short. It was one of the ones where I was typing notes, looking down. The next thing is she had won. And I was like, okay, did what the hell just happened? Um, what happened in the short amount wasn't good either. No, and there was a gif up of Alexa trying to grab the kendo stick really poorly. It's just like, dude, just climb up mm. that one more and you would have had it in your hands. And I made comment that maybe that's why SmackDown's getting the ladders match instead of the Raw because <laughs> they don't know how to climb yet. 
but it has get, gotten to that point with them where it's like what you have been given is ridiculous and not in a good way. It's just stupid. And it's really detrimental. And now Bailey's lost this. I didn't want her to win this anyway because of, you know, I much prefer Alexa Bliss and personal preference, but also her build has been terrible. And that would have been the one saving grace for her at this point. But now what are they going to do with her? Um, I also did ask what the legalities were with Impact and the whole broken gimmick and if someone else could possibly have it because she needs it. She needs something right now to they gotta dig out of this somebody. very deep hole. Alex, you'll probably understand this analogy. Like, like how some pitchers in baseball have a personal catcher. Bailey, they need to find somebody that can write for her and do it really well, yeah. specifically, who can focus on her because she has the potential to be a very special character. But right. whatever they've had going on, whether it's the writing staff, whether it's Vince McMahon maybe nixing things, whatever they have isn't working, and they can't use the NXT playbook. You can't do that anymore. After a woman held the, the NXT title for like almost a year or however the hell long she held the title. Right. It's, you can't portray her as the underdog. You can't portray her as the, she doesn't belong here. We already know she belongs here. She's, she's a great wrestler, or, or she's a pretty damn good wrestler. She's won the NXT and uh, the Raw Women's Championship. You can't run that type of thing. She's not the underdog. She can't be that. I mean, she can be the underdog against, a, well, can she be an underdog against a Nia Jax? She's beat her on the main roster and NXT. She, she basically built a blueprint to beat Nia Jax. Because every match Nia Jax is in and is threatened in, you see somebody pull a guillotine choke. It's hard. It's not easy. I'll give. I'll give them that. It's not easy to run this character on the main roster. That's the irony in this. You're saying before that Samson now has he wasn't ever over this much in NXT, and now he is thriving on the main roster. It just seems like. The reverse, everyone who was getting over in NXT has been moved up apart from Revival because they've been out, have been ruined because they've tried to it's change up while, what was though. working. Like yeah. Adam Rose, that didn't work in the main roster. And it was, people loved it in NXT. I mean, Emma, initially, now granted, Emma was thrown in with Santino, didn't have much of a chance there, dead in the water. But I, I don't know what exactly it is. Usually in the past, it's been Vince McMahon thinking, we've got to do something else, but it just, it hasn't worked. It has not worked. This this was disheartening to for for people who love Bailey in, in NXT. Um, this like she she lost the title in her hometown. Then she gets like humiliated on the mic by Alexa Bliss the next night. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She gets beat up with a kendo stick for weeks. And the whole thing that they're leading into this match was, is she extreme enough to use the kendo stick if she gets it? And she got it tonight. And she looked at it like she didn't know what it was. Like, is it okay if I use this or not? And she ultimately didn't. She took a swing and missed. Then Alexa Bliss got it, used it on her again, beat her like a rented mule. And then pinned her in five minutes. What? 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 What do you do? What? what like B- Bailey's ruins now. Like you have to start. This is over pretty reflective match. of the feud itself, though. I mean, this this perfectly summarized this total guano feud that we saw. It was so. It's so bad. Like I don't know. I honestly have no idea what you do with her tomorrow. This whole thing of like, oh, we were just waiting to like do the Sasha and Bailey thing at SummerSlam. Well, now that's that's out no. the window. Like who Bailey's cares? done. Like who got to get her? Like, you yeah, you got to. Got to be something. something else. There's, there has to be some some change. I don't know what it'll be, but there's got to be something. Raw Tag Team Championship Steel Cage Match. Sheamus and Cesaro captured the championships by defeating the Hardy Boys. Again, much like the last match, they had a nice camera angle up on like like a wire that that ran above the cage. I want to see WWE bring back the blue bars on like an old school Raw or something like that. I don't want to see anybody get slammed into them because I don't want to see anybody die. There was this impressive spot where Cesaro basically like arm scissors Jeff Hardy as he's hanging over. And Cesaro is one of the only guys you can run that with. But Jeff Hardy drops. Now, psychologically, and this is, again, something we've mentioned, leaving the cage first is stupid Mm -hmm. because then your tag team partner is in the ring to get his ass whipped, which left Matt Hardy in there to get double Celtic crossed, which was a very cool move. Uh, Sheamus hit a white noise off the top rope. Very cool. Jeff came back in with a beautiful whisper in the wind, which is a lot safer than the swanton that many suspected. But I guess this kind of answered, and, you know, I'd never even thought about it. Why the hell wouldn't he be allowed to come back in? There's no DQ here. Unfortunately for the Hardys, Matt can't pull Jeff out of the cage in time and they lose. But damn, I hate the cage door, period. Alex, I know you feel the same way about that. Please rant. The, the, cage, door, the cage door has ruined steel cage matches forever. It's it, you can't have a you can't you cannot allow them to escape through the door. That cannot be a thing that is possible because anytime they don't use the door instead of climbing over the fence, it doesn't make any sense. Not only did Jeff get out by climbing over the thing, but when he wanted to get back in, he climbed back over as opposed to going through the goddamn door. Um, <laughs> like and, not, to, and, not to interrupt. I want to say if you all want to see somebody who makes it look genius, Owen Hart was the best with the cage door against Brett. He would start from like halfway across the ring and dive for the door. Yeah. He's like, screw yeah. you, I'm getting out this door. 
and Brett would like grab his ankle in midair. That's the only time yeah. I've liked the door. It's miserable. Yeah, it's it's so it's so bad. Um, all, all like at any point there was a point where Matt had knocked both guys down and he had his back to the door and there was nobody between him and the door and he ran across the ring to climb over the fence. Like <laughs> none of this makes any sense. Also, since Jeff went out, touched the floor, and came back in, that doesn't as count as an escape. Like that's null and void. Once he's back in, he's back in. Has to go out again over the top. I think it should be. I think it should be null and void. You got to be both guys outside. I sure, think. but then he shouldn't be allowed to get back into the ring. Like there's other. Like once once he's out, he's out, or he can get back in and he's already out. Like all of the nut. Like there's no DQ. Uh, uh, the the damn door. It ruins these match. Like this was a good match. This was fun. All these guys did great work. But any time they were going over the top instead of through the door, what the hell? What the hell? Anna, your thoughts on on the Simpsons versus uh, versus groundskeeper Willie and Cesaro? Nice. Um, that everything that Alex, well, that both of you just said, it, all of this could be easily rectified by having the commentary team explain the rules of that they have set up for this match. And it doesn't even have to make sense with previous matches or whatever. It can be catered to this, but you can get yourself out of so much shit by just explaining the damn rules. I'm sitting there going, the door's open. Why are they climbing over the top? Jeff's already been out. Why is he now already back? It just doesn't make any sense, and it ruins a really good match otherwise. These guys were being slammed into the steel cage repeatedly. There's one spot where Seamus and Cesaro were caught in the ropes in between the rope and the cage and having their head slammed against it repeatedly. And then there's a baseball slide into a kick from both Hardys into each other. Like that was damn cool. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit when it doesn't make any sense? It's like the most extreme thing about this show was all logic goes out the window. That's it. Except for the final match. I love that. There are right now, as I get into these last title matches, there are like 16 champions in the WWE. If you include NXT, UK, Naomi is the only like straight up baby face because Asuka tiptoes the line an awful lot. You got Pete Dunne, the Authors of Pain, Bobby Roode, Usos, Kevin Owens, Jinder Mahal, Cesaro, Sheamus, Neville, Bliss, Miz, Lesnar. That's, Wow. Interesting. Somebody uh, in the chat actually mentioned that, and I looked and I was like, "Damn, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Anna." Explaining the rules, it go- yeah. it's one of those. It's like it's like I mentioned earlier. Logic can make things good. Yeah, they they kept saying both guys in the team have to get out, or or else it's mm-hmm. not over. If they had just said when Jeff climbed back, climbed back up and did the whisper in the wind off, like now he's got to get out again. Although it's now he's back in the ring, he's got to get out. Like, like say it like yeah. specifically. Um, like Jeff, Jeff's climbing back in. That's legal. He can get back in. But if he does, he's got to get out again. Just have him say that, and they don't do it. And you know, uh, uh, it's a problem. This was, I thought it was average. At best, as I thought the Cruiserweight Championship was. Submission match, 
Neville defeated Austin Aries to retain the title. Not sure why the ref's counting these guys out. It's a submission match, so they can win by DQ and count out, apparently. Neville sells hilariously. God, that guy. just And somebody mentioned that he needs to start calling people my precious. And that would be just great. There was the spot, the Bret Hart one, two, three kids spot where Neville jumps off and tries to kick Aries, but Aries catches the leg, but Aries fell flat on his ass. And then he applied a figure four, which normally I'd be like, yeah, cool. But that was a major, major part of the Dean Ambrose Miz match earlier in the night. Thought there could have been a better communication there. Dave Meltzer actually noted on Twitter, and it didn't end up playing a role, but the old ring posts were there. We didn't have the normal broad uh, LED ring posts, which Hmm. is kind of interesting. Aries applies the rings of Saturn, which Corey Graves thankfully points out a little bit different than than Neville's finish. Neville grabs the ref trying to get DQ'd because why the shit wouldn't he? Even though the, the rules were very unclear, Neville took advantage of them pretty well. Neville ends up winning, and I am all for a dominant cruiserweight champion. Anna, what'd you think about this? You were you were big in wanting the WWE to to push forward with a Neville heel turn. He has excelled in the role. Yeah, but this I much much like many WWE things on this show, it's kind of confusing. I think the, um, the ring post thing, wasn't that just because they had the cage that they had to use? I think so. Probably. Yeah. That's it's um Neville, everything that this guy is doing, he's got the wet hair across the face, Gollum style, and he's got the Joffrey-like swagger. He is just brilliant. There's a picture that he reposted of like his eyes. I, that's the first time I ever saw it was last two or five, and he did it again tonight. His eyes just popping when he's trying to do a submission move. And then the noise that he makes, is everything is, I love him so much, and I love these two together, and the psychology was there. Thank God the psychology was there. And so it should be considering how many times they've fought each other. Um, Neville won again. It's, yeah. I mean, this is the second time that he's tapped to an Aries submission. Unfortunately, this time it was on the mat. I didn't mind that. However, and you can kind of explain it away that Aries got caught up in the moment. He just really wanted to put this guy away and, Forgot what he was doing, but it was kind of like, how long has this guy been wrestling? And he tried to submit on a mat. Um, but that's forgivable and nitpicking. And compared to other stuff on this show, this I really liked it. And it kills me every time that these guys have a match because the crowd dies. And I think it's just so not fair. I, I don't think they're actually acknowledging what is happening in front of them. They just think purple ropes. Okay, I'm going to go pee now. It's really frustrating because these guys are killing themselves out there and they don't care. I mean, Aries went to do a suicide dive and no one was there. <laughs> that is, uh, that made me that was a, a little. terrific spot. Yeah, I thought they, they performed well for the, the rule set they were given. Unfortunately, the viewer wasn't given that rule set. Alex, what would that yep. do for you? Yeah, no, you can't do, you can't. You have to not count them out. You can't do that. That's stupid because it can only end when one person submits the other. Can't end on a count out. Can't end on a DQ. If you want to say it has to end on a submission, 
in the ring, then make sure you say that four or five times before the submission happens outside the ring. All of these, because these are new matches. A lot of people haven't seen a submission match in a long time. So these, these are things that need to be explained to your audience so there's no confusion. Um, yep. These guys killed each other. And uh, via Twitter, people who were there were saying not only one, but two beach balls had to be confiscated oh, during God this sake. fucking match because nobody has any respect for what <laughs> these guys are doing, trying to kill each other. In this, because these guys went went from the very first show, very first match on the kickoff show at, May, at Mania, to now the the match before the main event. They've been moving up, and they still can't get any respect. These guys, this this was a, I, I I think this was a, actually a very good match. It showed a lot of the, the psychology has been built over the course of the all of these matches, all these months against each other. If you watch. Austin Aries, after the match, sitting on the outside, he looks directly into the camera and smirks. This yeah. is this to me is the beginning of an Austin Aries. If you can't beat him, join him. Or if I've been too nice, I got to go back to what I was doing before. Heel turn. This is the beginning of something new. Do we see Kalisto as the next baby face to come in and try and and challenge Neville? Who this else is, is there? Change. It's a whole change of this division. It came out of this match, but nobody was watching because of beach ball. So it, it just it made me angry, uh, this whole thing. Also, what makes me angry over and over again is the fact that they keep referring to Neville's move as a Rings of Saturn. It is not. Saturn didn't grab, didn't do a crossface with the butterfly. And you can call it something else. Give it a new name or call it a butterfly crossface, which is what it is. But every time you call it the Rings of Saturn, I just go, that's not what it is. Um, Correct. Yeah. It's actually the Batista Bite. That's what it is. But they're not going to yep. call it the Batista Bite because they don't like Batista. So they'll call it something else. But just it's just Isn't false it weird They don't like Batista. Yeah. Considering he has openly said, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah. He's even yeah. said, I'll come back and do live events. Right. Like I'll just do that. Uh, the Neville thing. The Neville thing, in my opinion, how I would run it. I love him as a dominant champion. I love that. Alistair Black is built at two hundred and five pounds. That's who I would use. That I would have him come in and like Taz Shane Douglas him like fifteen seconds and be like, "Holy shit! I can't believe that happened." And then I would have Alistair Black transcend the light or the cruiserweight division and compete with heavyweights as well and blow some of them out of the water. Yeah. That way you could give that some credibility. Like, like let him go all the way up to the top levels because he is a very convincing guy. You can't watch Alistair Black's entrance and subsequently his striking, which is among the best I've ever seen in pro wrestling and be like, Oh, I, I don't believe that guy. I don't believe that guy. He is supreme. Obviously, I don't think that it should be a one-and-done, like beat Neville in 10 seconds and then let it go. They should have a very competitive match after that, but I think he is the guy that you can do and, and also give a bunch of rub to this cruiserweight division, and that's how you can bring in, okay, well, now on we're going to have our guys sign cruiserweight contracts mm -hmm. because he exploited a loophole there, and, and it could explain a lot of things as well. Main event time, Samoa Joe defeated Finn Balor, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Bray Wyatt. Brock Lesnar was at home on the edge of his seat. 
Just kidding. He probably didn't even know there was a show tonight. Uh-huh. And when he finds out the show he's going to wrestle on is called Great Balls of Fire, he might not <laughs> wrestle on it. Before we talk about the main event, can we talk about the terrible promo thing, vignette thing that they shot? They said, um, so, hey, Vince, you know this song's like from the 1950s. Like, yeah, I know. 1950s is the best decade. Let's do a whole <laughs> promo about jukeboxes and 57 Chevys and diners. It'll be great. And they said, sure, we'll do that for you, Vince, because you're insane and you pay all of our paychecks and we don't want to make you upset. This, it's ridiculous. 1950s nostalgia. They're leaning into happy days. That's where they're going with this. They're actually going, like, it's a 1950s themed pay-per-view. It's ridiculous. I, I, I almost can't wait for it. <laughs> if I don't see Samoa Joe coming out as the funds, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, well, Finn Balor's not going to let that happen. <laughs> Finn Balor's James Dean. That's, Finn Balor's obviously James Dean, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and Samoa Joe is the funds. Like the only way it could have been better is if like Finn Balor literally jumped a shark in the promo. <laughs> Like that would have been cool in his jacket. <laughs> it's a free frame in the middle up. of the screen. So <laughs> uh, what we gotta have. That's what we gotta have. There was a lot of fast paced action early. I think these matches can be spot fests, and it's fine because there are so many people there. Why would you get into a chain series? Why would you? It's chaos, and you would plan accordingly. Joe intercepted the drive by. I thought that was really cool. Bray and Joe had this unique dynamic that makes me care about each one a little bit more. Now, obviously, there are other plans for Joe in the immediate future, but would love to see more stuff with them either together or opposing one another. I thought that Reigns threw the best strikes of anyone in this match, and it wasn't even close. And right before I added that to my notes, or right after I added that to my notes, he did those terrible clotheslines. Rollins did that. A uh, really cool double blockbuster off the top rope. That was cool. I won't get into the front drop kick business this week. Rain spears Ballers and Joe through the barricade. Rollins hits a frog splash to the table on Wyatt. I had a guy, sorry to pick on you, bro, but who said, wow, another dive. Really exciting. And I go, yeah, it would have made a lot more sense for him to put Wyatt in a fucking Indian death lock <laughs> on top of the table. Not on the table, Sean. Not yeah. on the, it hurts so much more on the table. The thing about the dive is that most of the people criticizing it think that psychologically it doesn't make sense. What's he going to do there? Well, I better headbutt him on this table. Make some real use of it. There's a well, cool they, uh, they, series they between... He should, he should get out and roll Wyatt into the ring and make a pinfall cover because that's the only way to win. So that's what you I guess. Do. I mean... Wyatt's 300 pounds. It's easier said than done if he's dead weight. Yep. Cool series between Wyatt, Reigns, and Rollins where they all reverse each other's finish and uh, Reigns ends up spearing a couple. Balor sold the hell out of a Superman punch from Roman Reigns. Uh, Maybe as good as I've ever seen it sold before. He hits the coup de grace and then gets choked out by Joe. Anna, we're going to see Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe in a a match that – some people will be like, Herbie Derby do. I can't believe this fat guy would ever beat Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and other people are going to say, Holy shit, can't wait for this match. Which side are you on? I'm with the smart side, the side that has sense. 
This is going to be incredible. <laughs> Even, I mean, they can't completely rectify the name Great Balls of Fire with this match. It's close, <laughs> but it's this is a dream match, and we're getting it at Great Balls of Fire. Um, I loved this. I'm so glad that they finished with this. I'm so glad that they did this. I'm so glad it went for as long as it did because they needed to to make up for the rest of most of this show. Each man got a story to tell and it was told beautifully. I'm just so I'm, – I'm in love with this match. Um, the whole thing between Joe and Wyatt – we, first of Wyatt came to the ring in the whole butcher's garb again, and I was thinking at that point, I really hope that they do go this extreme way with his character because this is the kind of rectifying they need to do right now with him. But just telling this story within this match between the two guys was enough for Wyatt to have some substance again, to have some believability that he could actually do some damage in this division. Um, the whole thing, Ballard being Scott Pilgrim versus the, versus the world and just going around and beating the shit out of everyone like a video game. I absolutely loved it. I don't care what great, you say about movie, his by picks. The way. Fantastic. Fantastic comic. Um, yeah. And then the whole thing between Rollins and Reigns after <laughs> Reigns was bleeding from the lip and they both get up. Seth is hobbling again and like – please tell me that was story with his knee. And if it was story, can they please stop doing that? Because my heart can't take this anymore. (laughs) It's too much. That frog splash was incredible. It looked beautiful. And whoever said that needs to just, um, I loved it. I completely loved it. And we are getting Joe versus Lesnar. at great balls of fire, but Joe versus Lesnar. Alex, I, I first off, Anna, agree with everything you say. I think you summed it up pretty well. Alex, you were a little upset about Balor not being in the demon outfit. I know you went hibbity who, no, no Balor. I didn't do hibbity who. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly hibbity who. I didn't do. I did. I didn't. I did not hibbity who. I may have hibbity, but I did not add. You are an Indiana hibbity Hoosier. (laughs) Okay, listen. (laughs) The whole deal with him when he was first there before he won the Universal title for the first time was he's the Demon King, the Demon King, which I hated. I hated they called him that. But he he was doing the whole paint thing for his for his match with Rollins at the SummerSlam. Since he's been back from injury, they've never mentioned it. He's never shown up like that. All of his new merch has nothing to do with the Demon Paint. And this match, which is for, against four other top guys – for a shot at the Universal Championship, he doesn't come out wearing it. So my thought is, are we done with it? Because if so, fine. I just thought it was kind of interesting they haven't made any mention of it. But that's – I wasn't hibbity-hooing. I was actually asking the question, are we done with it or not? Whatever. Anyway. But there's a story um, to tell there, though. If there, 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 were, there were aspects of it coming out during his, his section. You could see it. And even in – he was doing Neville-like sounds in his grunting. It was awesome. But, you know, that was – he was wearing it when he got injured and that's a whole reclaiming struggle, internal struggle story and, you know, I wouldn't poo-poo it yet. I, I'm not poo-pooing. I, I just found it interesting that, that it, wasn't, it wasn't mentioned and, and like, like whatever. Um, I am interested to see that, that storyline that you talk about, Anna, come to fruition 
I do not have hope that it will be handled correctly when they do it. If yeah, they that's do. something else. Um, uh, I agree with you, Anna. The match, the match itself, nearly saved what I thought was a terrible pay per view. Um, th- it was, it was great. Like it was another one of those. Like it reminded me of that amazing Survivor Series match, uh, the men this past November, which went on for like fifty-two minutes, and just these these guys just killing each other. That's what this felt like. These guys were, and I liked the alliance between Samoa Joe and Bray. Like these two bullies picking on everybody. That was great. Balor coming back. Uh, the big spots of the of the double spear, which by the way, uh, was very cool to be able to to figure out how to uh, combine the coquina clutch with being speared both guys through the barricade. That was great. The huge frog splash onto Wyatt, where Rollins had been down forever and was just used an opportunity to get onto Wyatt that way. Um, the stuff between uh, Reigns and Rollins, all fantastic. Uh, loved the finish of Joe coming back and getting the coquina clutch on who? His mortal enemy from NXT. And I want them to bring that up tomorrow, that these guys have a history. They hate each other. And and just the idea that it's got to be extra sweet for Joe to get that victory on the back, literally, of um, Finn Balor. My question going into WWE, great balls of fire, is um, is this a way to subtly turn Brock babyface for his match with Braun Strowman to get him to go up against Samoa Joe, who's, <laughs> who's super heel, so that when when Braun comes in and and takes on Brock at SummerSlam, which we all think is the plan, that way we can make sure Brock is the babyface and we can all root against Braun, who we all hate because he doesn't like Roman and Roman's our best friend. It's almost remarkable how out of touch they can be because I think Braun is ready to be Brock Lesnar to a, a much smaller scale, but a numbers don't lie. Anna, uh, shortly before we wrap it up, by the way, guys, of course, check us out Monday, Tuesday for the post raw and SmackDown shows Wednesday for the list. And your boy congrats to Jimmy van on the birth of his minivan, Jimmy jr. <laughs> Jimmy jr. Healthy baby boy last week. Uh, want to definitely congratulate him on that, but, Anna, before, uh, as we wrap up, where do Balor, Reigns, Rollins, Wyatt go heading into Great Balls of Fire? Sorry, that name. Um, (laughs) Hashtag Great Balls. Great Balls. Um, I don't know. I would like to think that they will start to split them up a little bit. And I, I don't know. I just, we've seen these combinations a lot now the past few weeks and they've been awesome um but there are so many other guys like ambrose and miz please can we never see that again for a very long time like there are other guys that should be used here so i kind of hope that's where it's going and i kind of hope i like that i don't know where it's going that's, that's, and i hope hey, that's the case all for that as well alex any hebity who's to add to this show which i think was uh, between a really overachieving Kalisto Apollo Cruz match and a, and a good main event, mediocrity personified right in the middle of that show. Right. Um, again, uh, uh, yeah, Kalisto and Cruz was great, but as we as we've seen, that's on the kickoff show. It doesn't count. It doesn't make the DVD. It doesn't count. So everything leading up to the main event was all. A lot of it was great work. Some of it was not. But it was all terrible writing and terrible rule following 
I made a tweet that like, I guess extreme means there, there aren't any, or there are some, but others don't matter. Like what the rules in this were just terrible. Um, but, uh, the main event, I think, is something that people are going to look back on uh, fondly uh, in a year or so and say that thing was pretty awesome, um, especially if it, if it leads into major feuds coming out of this. If we get a, a fun Wyatt Balor feud, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Rollins and Reigns. I don't really want them to, to get together and do something that way. But but if this Balor and – and uh, sorry, if this Joe and Lesnar match at Great Balls is um, – is, is, is what we think it's going to be, then I, I'm really looking forward to that. On that, though, I love that you just, yeah, it's, it's obvious, but you just said it. The name of this pay-per-view is Extreme Rules. We didn't really get either of those two. <laughs> it's true. We didn't know most of them. Guys, uh, thank you all so much for joining us. It means a whole lot. We are approaching our one-year mark. Jimmy considers our launch August because July was a lot of bug testing, beta testing. But we're going up on a year since Fightful.com has existed. Thank you so much for the support. We have thousands of subscribers, millions of downloads. That is uh, incredibly cool that you all took a chance on us taking a chance. Some of us left bigger publications at the time, and it's worked out very well. Head over to our forums. I I really want you all to make that a home away from home. We're adding a sports section, I believe. I don't know how long that'll that'll take, but seem to get the okay on that as well. Over at Fightful.com, every day you will get several things that you will not find on any other wrestling website, any other MMA website, any other boxing website. So uh, go give us a try if you like the podcasts. Until next time, guys, I guess, heavity-hoo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.